Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 252, End of Summer Turkey Soup. And I am your host and the guy who got his tractor stuck this past weekend. Not just stuck, but stuck in a road. And I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But right now, we are 205 days, 11 hours, 23 minutes, and 33 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I told you guys I got my tractor stuck this weekend, so the bigger story of all this is I went to the farm supply store and I picked up a lime buggy and had it loaded with what was supposed to be two tons of lime and ended up being a little over two and a half tons of lime. I then drove it about 12 miles, going about 15 miles per hour because that's as fast as the thing would go on those donut airplane tires that are on it and got it over to my property south of Birmingham and for some reason I thought it'd be a good idea to unhook the buggy from my four-wheel drive Ford F-150 and drive my truck up to the top of the hill where I keep my tractor and where the two food plots that I needed to put lime on are located, get the tractor, drive it down the hill, hook it up to the lime buggy, and pull the lime buggy up the hill with the tractor. So that's what I did. I got the lime buggy hooked up, I started up the hill with the tractor, and I began to say some prayers. About halfway up, the tractor was doing well pulling the buggy until I hit the last increasing grade to get up to the top of the hill. I could see the top of the hill. It was no more than 75 feet. An easy shot on a turkey, even with a 410 and some number 9 TSS, and the tires started spinning on the tractor. Now, I don't have a four-wheel drive tractor. I have a 50 horsepower John Deere, about a 1980 or 86 model I can't remember which and when the tires started spinning remember I'm towing a little over two and a half tons of lime in a buggy that weighs Lord only knows how much behind the tractor that has the tire spinning in the road and is going nowhere so when the tires started to spin I hit the brakes and when I hit the brakes I thought wait a minute I don't need to do that I let off the brakes and let the back tires spin some more, effectively digging the tractor into the road. Because 
I didn't know if the brakes alone were going to hold the tractor with the line buggy behind it in place. So I let the tractor dig down into the road about, oh, I'd say four, maybe at the most six inches deep. But I really don't even think it was that deep. And then I hit the brakes, put the emergency brake on the tractor, but I did not let my foot off the brake. And I began to call neighbors. The first two neighbors I called, I got voicemail. And I sat there for a little while and I thought, I have to get off of this tractor because if the brakes give out, this thing is going downhill and I don't stand a chance. Well, I'd already turned the wheels so that if the tractor did get going downhill, it would push the buggy off of the road and into an embankment. And who knows where the tractor would go from there, but I kind of felt like I needed to be off of that tractor. So with the parking brake on, the tires dug into the ground a little bit, I let off the brake and the tractor inched back, put my foot back down on the brake, and I thought, okay, maybe it's getting to that point to where it's actually just going to hold. I let my foot off the brake again, and the tractor inched back. I let my foot off the brake again, and the tractor inched back, and I said at that point in time, no more. So I sat there with the tractor running, the emergency brake on, my foot on the brake pedal just to put additional pressure on the brakes to keep them holding me where I was, and realized that there was one other neighbor just down the road from me that I probably should call. And thank God he answered the phone when I did call, and he said he'd be right over. He was in his big Dodge pickup truck. He brought his chain, hooked the chain up to the tractor, and he hooked the other end of the chain to the hitch on his truck, and slowly pulled me up to the top of the hill. The whole event of him quite possibly saving my life took about two minutes and thank God he was there to help out and thank God everything went well that nothing bad happened because it could have gotten bad in a hurry. It's a pretty steep hill and I've actually gotten my truck before I bought my four-wheel drive truck. I'd gotten my two-wheel drive truck stuck going up that same hill pulling the tractor behind it and I had to call a neighbor at that time to come pull me out as well. So that's twice getting stuck on the same hill while towing something up that hill and I think going forward that I probably won't tow anything up that hill while I'm in a vehicle by myself because as long as I have the tractor there if I were to get the truck stuck then I could always have somebody run and get the tractor bring it down there and help pull the truck up or vice versa if I'm in the tractor and get it stuck I can have somebody with me to go and get the truck hook it up to the tractor and pull me up the hill the rest of the way. Everything worked out. I got the lime spread and we got a fair amount of rain this week. So I was excited about that as well. And yeah, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on the lime, but I did get some powdered lime and I'm hoping that it will actually start working here within the next two, three months. And that should be about right. And that should put me, oh, right around Thanksgiving or so of having the soil neutralized and it'll be time for a second fertilizing at that point anyway. So maybe we'll have some good results with these food plots that I'm about to plant. Hey, it's been a while since I served you guys some turkey soup, and because of that, I have a lot of turkey news to cover. 
So let's jump in and get going with this. And before I go too far, I stumbled upon an article that I know you guys will find very interesting. And if you remember a few weeks ago when I played the seminar from the NWTF convention in February of this year, where Philip Vanderpool filled in for Ray I. And if you remember in that seminar, Philip mentioning something about Ray having to leave the convention early and in a hurry, that there was some sort of a family emergency. Well, while I was digging up some ingredients for our turkey soup, I dug up an article about Ray I and his family medical emergency. So I'm just going to quickly read you guys some information that is on Facebook about Ray's family ordeal that's going on. And I feel comfortable doing that because this information is posted on Facebook. And so I think that most of you guys listening to the show know Ray either from being on this show or from his radio show, most likely, or from... TV shows that he's been on or seeing him at hunting shows and conventions around the country. Ray I has done a lot to help educate a lot of us about turkeys and turkey hunting. And I just know that you guys will want to hear this. So here is a post from a page on Facebook called Benefit for Ray and Jan I. On June 27th, Ray I posted update janet i wife mom grandma a quick update on our current situation it's been five months since our first doctor's visit and first mri and we're still fighting this autoimmune encephalitis after many many weeks in hospitals numerous treatments with a variety of medication infusions there is little improvement this horrible rare disease persists to baffle doctors neurologists and a variety of specialists especially with our case this is a curable disease in past cases, but ours is different. Not showing all the same symptoms and all others have an antibody doctor's target to cure them. Jan does not have one or they cannot find it. Dr. Day is pulling out all the stops, redoing tests, doing more tests, consulting with a team of neurologists. Today, June 25th, they are putting a port in her neck for a different medication directly to the brain. The other procedure that will take blood from her body and run it through a huge machine to separate plasma in her blood and then put blood back in her body. They're hoping to find the antibody that is causing all of this. Thank you all so much for all of your tremendous support and prayers during this very difficult time for our family. I love you all. So there actually have been a couple of benefits for Ray and Jan I that have already taken place. They've done some auctions, some raffle tickets, and numerous other things to help raise money to pay for some of the medical bills that Janet and Ray are incurring from this disease that Jan has. And because I think a lot of Ray, I got to looking around because I wanted to do something for him because these benefits have already passed. And so I stumbled across the Janet's fight against autoimmune encephalitis on GoFundMe. And I am about to get on here and donate $100 from the Turkey Hunter podcast to this GoFundMe account. And I just want to give you guys the URL in case you want to donate to help out with Jan's medical bills. So the URL is GoFundMe, 
dot com slash the letter F slash Janet's J A N E T S dash fight dash against dash autoimmune dash encephalitis. The last two words are autoimmune. That's A U T O I M M U N E dash encephalitis E N C E P H A L I T I-S. So if you guys want to get on that GoFundMe account and donate some money, I know that the I family would be very appreciative and it would help them out tremendously. And for as much as Ray has done to help all of us be better turkey hunters, heck, for me, it's a very small way of saying thank you. So I'm not trying to guilt trip you guys into making a donation, but if you want to make a donation to help out Ray and Jan. That is probably the best way to do it right now. And of course, the other way that we can help out Jan and Ray is to keep both of them and all of their family in our prayers. So if you guys will do that first and foremost, and then if you want to make a donation, great. Okay, so let's jump into some turkey soup now. And first off, I want to talk to you guys about science. So another article I stumbled across I thought was pretty darn interesting is that there is currently a study going on where researchers are looking at whether mosquitoes that carry the West Nile virus are impacting wild turkey populations negatively. And this article in TRIBLIVE.com says that biologists Foresters, hunters, and other volunteers collected 131 turkey eggs from nests across Pennsylvania this spring. They then drove the eggs to the Southeastern Cooperative Wildlife Disease Study, which is a facility at the University of Georgia where they study diseases that affect our wildlife. And they're going to hatch these eggs and then inoculate them with the West Nile virus and then study them. And this study began around the 1st of July. So 66 poults were successfully hatched out of 131 eggs. 24 of those went into the facility on July the 2nd at four to five weeks of age. And after getting them acclimated to their new surroundings for a week, those turkeys are going to be given West Nile. Two weeks after that, the researchers are gonna euthanize them and examine tissue samples. The remaining poults, and I think it's, what, 42 poults that will be remaining, will go through the same process later in the summer at 15 to 16 weeks old. And Melanie Kunkel, who is the veterinary diagnostician and doctoral student working on the project says we're trying to see if the younger poults are potentially more susceptible to West Nile than the older birds. And scientists say that the younger wild turkeys don't yet have fully developed immune systems, but by week 10 or so, they do. The reason that this research is going on is twofold. First, there's a lot of evidence right now that West Nile is impacting ruffed grouse populations. And we know from experience that what affects grouse oftentimes affects turkeys. And as we all know, while turkey populations across the country are declining from their historic highs that we saw 10 to 15 years ago. So scientists are just trying to prove whether or not West Nile 
is one of the reasons why the wild turkey populations are decreasing across the country. So one of the cool things about this study is that we should know the results pretty quickly, like within six to eight months. But the not so cool thing about this is, even if we find out that West Nile is affecting wild turkeys, then we can't do anything about it. But at least maybe we'll have a little bit better idea of whether or not this is one of the reasons why our population is decreasing. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Sounds like a very interesting study. And maybe after the study's over, we can have Melanie Kunkel, the doctoral student that's working on the project, on the show. I think that'd be pretty cool. All right, more science. The Iowa Department of Natural Resources is looking for help with its annual turkey population estimate. And that actually started in July, but it's going to run through the end of August as well. So for you guys living in Iowa or even traveling through Iowa for work or whatever reason you may be there and you travel there often and you want to participate, then go to www.iowadnr.gov slash hunting slash turkey dash hunting. You can access the survey and the survey card online at that website. So help out the people in Iowa. These population surveys are an important component of managing wild turkeys in these states that do them. More science. Vermont Fish and Wildlife wants your help with a brood survey as well. Vermont's brood survey is going to run through the end of August, and you can help out Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department by completing your brood survey by just going to Google and typing in Vermont Turkey Brood Survey, and it should take you right on over to that website where you can complete the survey and let the state officials know how many wild turkeys and how many wild turkey poults you have seen this summer. Okay, you hunters in Virginia, hopefully you know this already, but your early fall season is going to begin one week earlier than previous years. And the season was reduced from eight to six weeks in length in 27 counties. The main reason for that reduction is because the Department of Game and Inland Fisheries Wild Turkey Management goals is to increase populations. And so they think that by reducing fall turkey hunting opportunities, that will increase wild turkey populations. And four counties with declining turkey numbers had their fall season reduced to four weeks instead of six weeks. Those four counties are Amelia, Dinwiddie, Greensville, and Powhatan. The Fall Youth and Apprentice Hunter Weekend now starts on the second Saturday of October. Oh, and by the way, you no longer are going to be able to use drones to hunt, take, or kill a turkey, or to attempt to locate, surveil, aid, or assist in hunting wild turkeys. Sorry. Massachusetts hunters, you've had some changes to your turkey hunting regulations beginning in 2020 as well. All right, that's all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode with a crazy turkey horror story, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, what you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make that one word. 
and text it to the number 44222. After you do that, there's some instructions that you'll need to follow, but eventually I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to set up your username and password and pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 subscription is going to get you not only the rest of this week's episode, but it will get you the premium content for all of our past episodes. And there's about two years of premium content of past episodes with premium content. And it will also get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks. 18 bucks is a steal of a deal for the amount of content you're going to have access to. And I don't think that you'll be sad that you spent $18 to get access to it. But anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode this week and enjoyed the turkey soup. And you guys who have fall seasons coming up, get out there and enjoy it. Take advantage of those seasons because in a lot of states, our fall seasons are being cut back. And you just don't know how much longer you're going to have an opportunity to enjoy those seasons before they're taken away from us. So do your part. Buy your licenses. Buy your permits. Buy your tags. Get out in the woods and enjoy the sport. And if you run across anyone who happens to be stealing from you and from us by exceeding the bag limit or doing anything to break any of the game laws in your state, then do the right thing. So that's all that I've got for you guys today. But if you would do me a favor, I would appreciate it. Actually, I need you to do two favors. First and foremost, go to the Janet I GoFundMe page and make a donation, even if it's just whatever you've got, every little bit helps them out. I mean, just think, if a hundred of you guys listening to the show gave 10 bucks to help Ray I and his wife out with their medical bills, that'd be $1,000. That makes a difference. So if it's just a little bit of money that you can spare, they'll be appreciative, I'll be appreciative, and that's my favor of the week. And that is favor number one of two for the week. Favor number two is have a great day. Labor Day. And even though it's the unofficial end of summer, I know you guys and I will still be making some time to get outside and enjoy the outdoors with fall rolling around and football season starting because that's about to get crunk as well this weekend. And now is the time when I have to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.